BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The Book of the Dead. Belief. This one's for Lori. Over the course of my life, I have noted with some interest that many people tell stories from their childhood in which they recall sightings of ghosts or spirits, but no one believes them. Personally, I think this is a crying shame. We have an eight-year-old granddaughter. She lost her mother to cancer last year. One evening, shortly after our loss, we were waiting in our car for our Kentucky Fried Chicken order. As I was in the front passenger seat, I rolled down the window and lit a cigarette. Shanae, sitting in the back seat, suddenly piped up, Mommy says that you must give up smoking. It is very bad for you. I was taken aback. She went on to say, Mommy can see how many cigarettes you smoke. She is sitting here right beside me. I quietly threw my cigarette out the window. I believe that Shanae has the gift. This was not the first time that Shanae had displayed her gift. I didn't take this as a flight of fancy. Some time ago, last summer I believe, my husband Ray and I decided to pay an unexpected visit to our youngest daughter, Angel. She lived to the south of Johannesburg, approximately 45 minutes' drive from our house in Radfontaine. As we pulled up in front of Angel's house, we were surprised to see both Angel and Shanae standing, waiting on the top step at the front security gate, which was open. Angel looked surprised. Shanae was dancing with glee. We soon learned the reason why. After the usual hugs and kisses were exchanged, Angel explained that Shanae had said, Mom and Doll, that's our grandchildren's names for us, are nearly here. Let's wait for them outside. Angel had obligingly complied with her daughter's request and had been pleasantly surprised to see that Shanae was correct. There was just no way that Shanae could have known in advance as it was an impulse visit on our part. The next time that Shanae showed insight, at least to our knowledge, was two days before her mommy was taken from us. Angel had been taken to hospital by her friend and neighbor Kay on Sunday. On Monday morning, we visited Angel before fetching my brother Rob from the airport. On Monday afternoon, after fetching Shanae from school, Kay took Shanae to visit her mommy in the Alberton hospital. On the way home, Shanae told Kay, my mommy isn't coming home from hospital this time. In my mind, this is a very profound statement for a seven-year-old to make. This was also a prediction, which was proved to be true. Kay kindly continued to look after Shanae, letting her stay in her home. The morning of 6th June, Shanae woke Kay at 5.40 a.m., sobbing, 
saying that her mommy was dead. She'd had a terrible nightmare in which a man, dressed all in black, had killed her mommy and taken her away. In fact, Angel took her last breath at 6.10. I was with her, holding her hand, looking into her eyes when it happened. I was there to give her permission to leave. On the 14th of June, a memorial service was held for our angel in a church in one of Johannesburg's southern suburbs. The church was filled to capacity. I never knew just how much our youngest daughter was loved and respected by so many people. Toward the end of the service, the pastor motioned for Shanae to come up to the pulpit, saying that she knew that Shen had something to say to the congregation. Shanae stood straight up, looking out over the congregation, her blue eyes rimmed with tears. She told us with conviction that she was glad to see us all there, that her mommy was now at peace, no longer in pain, and that she was now dancing with the Lord. She then went on to hug each and every person that was assembled here. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. Later, when we were all having refreshments, the folks commented that Shanae had spoken like an older child would have, older than her years. Shanae later told the family that she felt her mother's hand on her shoulder as she stood by the pulpit. She had also heard as Angel had whispered instructions into her ear as to what to say and do. About three and a half months later, after Nikki, Angel's eldest unmarried sister, had taken on the burden of Shanae's upbringing, having moved Shanae into her tiny townhouse, the following scene took place. Nikki and Shanae were in the lounge chatting. Nikki had her back towards Shanae's bedroom door. They were talking about the death of one of Shen's hamsters. Suddenly, Shen started laughing. Nikki asked, What is so funny? Shen replied, Mommy, she's making faces at me. Maybe she's trying to cheer me up. Nikki asked, Where is Mommy? Shanae answered, In my doorway. A friend of Nikki's now fetches Shanae from her new school, taking care of her and seeing that she does her homework until Nikki can fetch her after work. This lady tells of how Shanae has, on occasion, mentioned that her mommy is in the front passenger seat in the car. Luckily, this lady too has a son who also sees spirits, so it isn't something new to her. It gladdens my heart to know that Shanae is growing up with friends and family who understand her and can appreciate what she is going through, that nobody, to my knowledge, has told her that she is crazy or that it's all in her head. It would be a long and lonely journey if it were all in her imagination. Neighbors This is the first ghostly experience I had since I was but a small child, and let's face it, I can't really recall the earliest of them all. I can't say which one of these are real since, as a child, I didn't really pay attention to all things paranormal, so I'll start my collection of experiences from here. It was a sunny summer morning in 2007. My sister and I had just spent the night at my best friend's house. We'd had one of our usual sleepovers. It was about 10 a.m. and we were downstairs getting ready to leave for home. My best friend lived right next door to us. While my sister and friend were chatting away happily, I, being bored as usual for them taking so long, glanced around the walls and such, trying to make the time less tedious. That's when I saw him. Right at the top of the stairs, where there's a landing between my friend's room and her little brother's, there walked a tall, lean figure of a young man. He walked with long, fast strides, but I still had enough time to see every little detail of him. I still remember the image vividly, thanks to my photographic memory, I guess. The sun was shining through my friend's brother's window behind the figure, and then right through him. It made the whole thing look yellowish, golden. He had a red, black, white farmer shirt on, with apparently the usual blue jeans. 
His hair was medium light and a little bit longer than the usual short cut. It was a beautiful yet shocking sight. Him walking there with light shining around him and specks of sparkling dust. For a good long second after the sight, I just stood there, my mouth surely hanging open, and then I sprung into action. Turning around and facing my sister and friend, I pointed upstairs, asking if they'd seen it. Of course, they didn't have the slightest clue what I was talking about. After I explained what I saw, my friend turned a bit pale, since he walked right in the direction of her room. When we got home, I asked my mother if she knew about a young man, such as the one I had seen, living in the house next door. She said, why yes. Then she told us that there once lived a young man named Johanny, when my mother was but a little girl, who was stabbed with a knife on his way back home. After being stabbed, he did get home, but died before paramedics had time to save him. The room from which I saw him coming was his room back in the day, and when I described what he was wearing to my mom, she told us that yes, that was what he was usually seen wearing. So there, that was my first encounter with a so-called ghost that I can actually remember being more than my imagination. And this encounter launched what is now a very active life with the paranormal. The Queen Mary Incident I am sharing a story for the first time. My name is Gabrielle, and I am 24 years old. My wife is 22. This story begins with being sent out of town to Long Beach, California for work in 2011. This time when I went, I took my wife with me, since we were able to do this for work when going on travel. On one of the nights, we decided to go to the Queen Mary ship there in Long Beach to walk around and take a tour. During the time when we were free-roaming the ship, I decided to try and walk around to places that were tucked away and possibly off-limits. In one of the rooms, there was a low-hanging chandelier, which had various pieces of crystal on it. After I had walked by it, and I'm pretty sure my head did not touch it, a round-shaped piece fell at my wife's feet. She said my head had hit it, but I didn't feel it, so I decided to pocket it. I know, I know. I wanted a souvenir, and to say I had something from the ship. Nothing strange happened after that, even though we were walking through some really spooky-looking places. We decided to leave a couple hours later and head back to our hotel. The hotel we were staying at was a little more upscale than normal and had really nice rooms. That night at the hotel, everything was fine when we went to sleep. Sometime around 3.15 in the morning, my wife and I were woken up abruptly by our room's fire alarm beeping very loudly, frightening and disorienting us. We both shot up out of the bed and got on clothes as fast as possible and booked it out of the room preparing to evacuate. Once we left the room and went out into the hallway, we were greeted by dead silence. No one was in the halls evacuating. There were no noises, just the sound of us breathing heavily. Once our room's door closed, the alarm stopped. Being a little frightened by this, we hesitantly headed back into the room. This is when things started getting strange. My wife started to tell me about a dream she'd had right up to the moment the alarm went off. In fact, she was awake when it went off. The dream had her mom, who is a very sweet person, choking her with an evil expression and red eyes. She awoke about ten seconds before the alarm went off, having difficulty breathing. Towards the end of her telling me the story, the alarm went off again. So once again we left the room and exited to the hallway. Once again we were greeted by the same eerie silence. I decided to head down to the lobby while my wife went to the hall restroom. 
Once down in the lobby, I started explaining everything going on with the alarm to the night auditor. He looked at me like I was crazy and told me that when one alarm goes off on a floor, all of them go off on a floor due to fire code. He also called the fire department and they verified there was no alarm that had gone off in the hotel recently. My wife thinks that the piece from the ship I took may have had something to do with it, but since that second alarm, there was never another incident. We stayed there another two nights. It was a strange set of coincidences, and I wondered that night if there was more happening to us than we could see. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 